0: Pyro, Seattle.
1: It's time to get schooled with a professor, John Clayton.
0: Welcome to School with the Professor, and we're pleased to be joined by with Herman Moore, and of course a former wide receiver with the Detroit Lions, and he's here on behalf of Quick Lane Tire and Auto Center, which offers vehicle maintenance and repairs for all makes and models of cars in more than 800 locations nationwide. They're continuing to support veterans through the Trading One Uniform for Another program, which awards ten thousand dollars of scholarships toward the uh, automobile maintenance and uh, repair certification. And in addition, Quick Lane's also accepts nominations for first responders and our heroes that can nominate a lot of good stuff. And Herman, you've been doing this for some time now. How did you get involved with this and how good is this system for Quick Lanes?
1: Yeah, I've been doing it, as you mentioned, John, for years. And I got involved uh, when Quick Lane Tire and Auto Center asked me to be an ambassador for the Quick Lane Bowl uh, that's held in, De- in Detroit. And... When they started the trading one uniform for another program, it just made sense. You know, as athletes, I've mentioned this in the past, that we know about the transitioning from one career to another. And I come from a pretty large military family. I continue to support our military veterans and also our first responders, which is wonderful for me to hear that they've expanded and opened the program up in terms of nominations for our first responders so they can nominate themselves or someone else they may know. Um, for this scholarship. And those $10,000 scholarships can make the difference as they're going out and they're looking for career changes or they're looking to enter into the the field of being a a technician or a mechanic um, in the automotive industry. So the, the repair automotive maintenance and repair certification will help them in that transition and also looking at that new skill.
0: Well, that's the thing, too. There's also a shortage of auto technicians and mechanics in the country, and this helps them start to expand that field. The Quick uh, Lane Bowl is on December 26th at Ford Field. And, of course, you can take nominations uh, in the sense that if you go quicklane.com slash scholarships, you get some nominations in there. And, of course, you know what, what would everybody be wanting to nominate?
1: Uh, they'll, they'll want to nominate um, any military veteran and also a first responder. Um, those are the criteria that we're offering the, the scholarship uh, for. So that's, that's something that uh, they have up until December 6th to do that. And then we're going to announce the winners and the recipients on December 26th at uh, the Quick Lane Bowl.
0: Okay, well, let's talk some NFL, because, again, what I always like talking to you about is the evolution of wide receivers in the National Football League. Can you compare what receivers are going through now than when you were out there as a wide receiver for the Detroit Lions?
1: I think they're they're pretty athletic. Uh, I look at just the, the advancement in technology, not just the gloves, but the shoes and the ability to keep them healthy because they're not training at the two-a-day level at plus all pads during the week with the exception of just one day, uh, like a Friday uh, when they're not in pads. So they've learned how to, to try and eliminate some of the wear and tear uh, and also the ability for a lot of these players to now train all year round. For, for us, when we came through, you had seasonal parts of the year where you had to train and then you'd kind of fall out of shape and then you get back in shape. Uh, so the ability to be able to, to really hone in on their craft, the ability and having the technology, uh, technology tools and uh, access to digital uh, video and things of that nature and, and being able to access that anywhere, uh, it helps everything from the mental and the physical aspect of the game. I think the athletes are, are pretty good, but uh, there's, a, uh, there's not as much attention to detail, in my opinion, in terms of whether it's catching and tucking the ball. And you look at it, the number of fumbles and stuff like that, it's a lot of it is just the, the small basic details that get missed that take them, in my opinion, from being good to great.
0: Well, the one thing I think that I've watched the evolution is like now the smaller receivers can be successful. Tyler Lockett, for example, in Seattle, and uh, you know particularly guys that can work out of the slot. That's really evolved to a level that uh, you know wasn't back wasn't there back in your day.
1: It wasn't. It's funny, John, because when it came in. I came in doing the run-and-shoot was kind of hot at that point, and some of the smaller receivers spread. You saw the Redskins. Uh, they had a lot of the guys. Uh, the Dolphins had, had some success in doing that with Merino down in Miami. Uh, and then all of a sudden the evolution of the bigger receivers came. When I came in, I don't know if that was when they were testing it out, but uh, seeing some some changes there allowed to see that you can have a mixture, and then you see a lot of the, the smaller guys playing in the slot or their specialty guys uh, but like you mentioned it, it alls about your heart right now and your ability to get open and, and be coverage and find those 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 proper reads for the secondary that are allowing some of the guys that don't have to be six4 uh, to go out and make plays and, and speed has always been a killer you know if you're you're a player and you can play fast and you can you could get the big plays you uh, that allows you also to put a lot of stress on these safeties that they don't really know what to do with a safety now. Does the safety have to be big? Does the safety have to be small? Does the safety have to be the support on the run? So the safety position, I I think, is, is the one that's kind of really trying to figure out how to evolve along with what's taking place with the pass catchers.
0: How much of that do you think has uh, been helped by the penalty for defenseless receivers? I'm sure it's something that you wish you had back in your day. But now, I mean, a smaller receiver can go in the middle of the field and not I mean, he be totally fearless of getting a big hit, but for the most part, know that he's not going to get a big hit.
1: It has definitely changed the mentality. It's changed the way in which they will perceive going over the middle. The middle used to be just uh, an area that you did not go into. And you would typically send your tight end or bigger receiver in there to, to offset the impact of the collisions that would take place. Um, but it, it's become very soft. The middle has become a place where you can make a big living. Uh, you see a lot of players now that uh, when they stretch the field, they put a lot of pressure on the safeties. And, and quite honestly, it's, it's not as feared a position in the secondary as it as it used to be because those were guys who really commanded the
0: middle. Of course, that really brings up a thought is that I just kind of wonder what Tom Brady would be like if the uh, defenseless receiver hasn't been there because, I mean, so much of his offense is working the middle of the field.
1: Yep, a lot of it is, and he's been very masterful at how he's been able to manipulate. It used to be to get the middle of the field you had to look off one side of the field uh, and then try and find – come back to the other side and you you get a guy bending into the middle and you run a double uh, receiver route on the opposite side to put stretch on that that one safety. But now teams will send two guys up the seam and the quarterback's making a read off of that because the safeties are playing deep or they're playing wide. Uh, so the middle is just—it's it, just wide open for the taking. The Tampa two, at one point, as you know, John, it used to be really big because you run that linebacker down the middle to kind of give you that protection. But now you get—you got to have the linebacker stay up because now you got quarterbacks that will run. You also got the running backs coming out of the backfield that can make a big play. It's no longer just a screen; it's them doing the stretch plays and the, the run-pass option. Uh, so it, it's changed, and I think some of the rules have also offered the opportunity for the passing attack to uh, to really become prominent and and be impactful for a lot of these teams. And then you look at the, the statistics from the quarterbacks that has also bloomed along with that, and, and of course the receivers. I mean, your 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 t- your top receivers are catching uh, you know ninety to one hundred plus passes or even your tight ends are up in that 80, 90, even 100 catches. Uh, So it's there. And even running backs uh, are making an impact.
0: Yeah, no doubt. What's your thoughts on the run-pass option? Because now... I think that uh, the league, certainly particularly with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and with Seattle here with Russell Wilson, they're having a hard time figuring out what to do with the coverage because you go man. Because if you go man, that's going to give the quarterback more of a tendency to want to run on his own. Or if you go uh, zone, they're going to be able to watch things more. But it seems like there's a struggle right now, particularly more so with even Lamar Jackson, to figure out what you do as far as coverage.
1: Well, that's the key. It's only quarterbacks who, uh, when you look at Murray out in Arizona uh, or you look at um, someone like uh, uh, Jackson in Baltimore, those are guys, when you do the RPO, uh, they are quarterbacks that are dangerous. Those are the ones that can can really hurt you because of their ability to become really good runners, uh, just as a running back would be, and they're elusive, and they have speed. But I I, I wouldn't really, right now, I don't think the adoption of it is uh, too widespread to where defenses have to worry too much, and it's not uh, an option that teams are doing a lot of, because I think, like most things, it's going to have a shelf life, um, no matter how much they're trying to implement it now. I know it's done a lot on the collegiate level, so they're trying to kind of bring it in and migrate it into the, the NFL right now. but. Uh, we, we see those cycles where these systems change, the, the type of styles that they run will change. Uh, if I were, were looking at them, you know, man is probably your best way to do it. You assign someone to to those, those individuals that are part of that key. Um, but it, like you said, it exposes you in the secondary uh, to some of the plays over the top.
0: No, no question. I'm glad you brought up the run and shoot, because how much when you watch Arizona's offense, does it remind you the air raid, remind you of the the run and shoot in the sense that, uh, you know, your best receivers theoretically are in the slot. Uh, You um, go 20 to 20 and you're great, may struggle in the red zone. But is there a parallel with the air raid that Arizona runs to what you had in the run and shoot?
1: It, 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 there are some similarities, uh, being that you, you really look to have those quick hits. You look to get the ball out. The quarterback is actually moving with the ball when he throws versus just dropping back or being in a, a shotgun formation. And it puts a little pressure on the, the, the defense because how long do you stay on coverage when the receiver runs a quick route versus coming off of them because the quarterback may keep it or uh, there's a secondary really quick hit that's coming behind you. Uh, I think it's a, it's a good system if you have the right personnel to do it. But the downside to it is if you're, you're not balanced and you're, you don't have a focused running game, you become very one-dimensional. So you got to be very good at execution. And yeah. if you're not doing that on a consistent level, it, 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 it can kill your
0: offense. Because you're so attached as a great former player of the Detroit Lions, how sorry do you feel for Matthew Stafford? Because here's a quarterback that uh, probably doesn't get his respect. I know right now he's on pace to maybe throw for 5,000 yards. Unfortunately, the team, you know, is not winning. He's not won a playoff game. How how do you feel for Matthew?
1: There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Uh, you know, stats from Matt is, Matthew is uh, is really good. He has been very consistent in what he does uh, with the football. the The challenge is: can you make the players around you better? Uh, The the gaudy stats and and having a lot of touchdowns and all those things are great, but if it doesn't go over to the win column and allow you to have the opportunity for postseason play, as well as an opportunity to compete for the division title, ultimately with chances to go to you know deeper in the playoffs and Super Bowl then it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can set the individual franchise records and you can do all those things. But this is one where I think on the quarterback level, you are really measured by how many championships did you win. How often did you uh, go to the Pro Bowl? How often were you an All-Pro? So those are some of the things that you can say, okay, here's the, what the team has done. But even on the, the individual level, beyond just some of the, uh, the lofty stats, um, what are the other accolades that go on that resume that um, I think are going to be meaningful when you start talking about whether or not he goes into the Hall of Fame, which I think he, he he has a chance to get there. But I think those are some of the things you pointed out that will be strikes on his his
0: card. Does Russell Wilson remind you of any quarterback that you've watched through the years?
1: No, he's like a hybrid. You know, he's a guy where you just don't think of him as he's going to go out and throw all these, these passes and get all these, these – these, these stats in terms of yards, but he does. Somehow he creeps in there and he's like, wow, he's at 3,000, he's at 4,000, and he's got all these touchdowns. And then you also look at the fact that you know Seattle's winning or they, they always have an opportunity for postseason play. He's also taken them uh, to to the Super Bowl and, and, and for championships and stuff like that. So uh, that becomes, when you look at him, he's kind of different. Because I've seen some very athletic quarterbacks. I've seen guys who are like him that are kind of understated. They're kind of under the radar sometimes, but they're always considered in that top five or top ten quarterback pool, and that's what Russell Wilson has been. That speaks to his consistency as a, a quarterback over the years and, and just playing in the right system. I mean, I think you got to give some, some credit to that. When you find a guy that is able to play in a system and you can build around them and you can keep bringing people in and out uh, and they still have that level of consistency, you're in the right place.
0: Hey Herm, it's always great to talk to you, and of course, lots of things to get involved with here for the Quick Lane Tire and Auto Center. And don't forget, you have the $10,000 scholarship. You also have the first responders that you can nominate, and you can nominate them at quicklane.com/scholarships. Also, too, you can go into a Quick Lane store and be able to, uh, you know, get some coupons and all these different things. And of course, go to quicklanes.com for coupons, offers at the location near you. Herm, as always, looking forward. I got to see if I can make that bowl. The uh, Quick Lane Bowl in the 26th, uh, right after Christmas at Ford Field. But Herm, thanks for joining us.
1: I appreciate, it, John. Thanks for having me.
0: And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.